I did not want to let uh, Brother Kevin down. Do you remember when he said that? A month ago? Oh well, it's okay. My name is Matthew. I do living history chaplains with the specific goal of in a secularized society highlighting the spiritual commitment that people had in the 1940s. Our culture has a spirituality down there when reality in the 40s, 1944, it was up here. Some 10 days ago, we commemorated the 75th anniversary of the D-Day invasion. What a moving time that was. Us younger people were not here. None of us were here. Probably many of you sitting here this morning have never heard about it. You don't know how it has affected your life. But particular locations along the southern part of France were invaded by the Allies. There was cliffs a hundred foot tall. We call them Pont de Ho. They needed to be climbed. Chaplains were there with them. There was beaches that needed to be stormed. Unarmed chaplains were there with them. Chaplains would go in 1944 as close as possible to ministry to the soldiers wherever they could go, whenever they could, at whatever time. They were there as close as they possibly could to the men and women those days. I want to share a message with you this morning on the Father Heart of God. We put in foundations in our life. We always lay foundations, whether we know it or not, by our actions or what we do. In the 1940s, out of my Muset bag, a chaplain would reach into his bag. See, the men back yonder, they had no internet. That interweb thing that you all folks are on. They had no quick, easy access to their loved ones back home. There was no quick, immediate communication the chaplains wanted to communicate them the Word of God as quickly and as efficiently, as succinctly as possible. These are the Bible tracts that were given to that lonely man or woman in an outpost over in Europe or in the South Pacific. Has a dozen scripture verses for them to meditate over. I have not seen nor ear heard Neither then entered into the heart of man the things that God's prepared for him. That reminds me of the time last time I spoke. Yeah, I just had two minutes of fear that I was doing something wrong. Last time I spoke, I told you Mary gave me the counsel the day before, don't say anything stupid. <laughs> so I see my wife gets up, fear. <laughs> we had our baby dedicated many years ago. My mother was in the congregation she gets up and starts walking towards me. Fear. I'll edit the story. I was a song leader and my zipper was down. Fear. Fear. 
I'll put the track away. They would reach in and they would get their Bibles that the military gave them. The pocket New Testament with the commander-in-chief wrote an endorsement to read the scriptures. In the pages of the Bible, our president wrote that. Our government supported the reading of scripture and the tracts given to the men and the women who were far away from home. Our history was far more spiritually inclined. Let's move on, the Father heart of God. My text is chapter uh, Psalm 68 and Psalm 103. We'll begin reading in Psalm 68, verse 4 through 5. There's an outline there. I wanted so much to put a picture of a tank on that outline. <laughs> I probably shouldn't do that. Oh, that was so good. Four. Sing to God, sing praise to his name, extol him who rides in the clouds. Verse five, a father to the fatherless, a defender of the widows is God in his holy habitation. Verse six, he sets the solitary in families. He brings out those who are bound in prosperity. And I'll stop reading right there in um, Psalm 103. Verses 2, we'll begin reading in verses 2. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all our iniquities, who heals all our diseases, who redeems our life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness, who satisfies their mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the opportunity to share with my friends this morning. Lord, I am delighted that we experienced the preaching of Pastor Rachel. We experienced the preaching of our brother last week. That we all have unique abilities, unique characters, and you use us in specific, unique, wonderful, expressive ways. Let this message fall on hungering hearts this morning. Let me communicate it effectively in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Have no laptop with me. I have, met, I have handwritten notes. So I was impressed last week. Our brother had a laptop. Yeah, it's never going to happen. It's never going to happen with me. In my hand, I hold a seemingly a business card. General Patton of the Third Army in 1944 was wishing his men and women a wonderful Christmas time as they're away from home. On the back is a prayer. This seeming innocuous card there is an incredible story behind this card. I'm going to tell you that story. It is the end of 1944, up in the north, in the woods of Belgium, towering evergreen trees, it's cold. It is windy and blustery, and the men are hunkered down, several thousand of them, literally, physically, surrounded by the enemy. The enemy is on one, lance, one last stand to push back the Allied troops. The enemy has resources. The Allied troops have run out of resources. It's cold. It's windy. Radar does not really exist at the level we understand it. Uh, GPS, all satellites, they don't exist. A pilot flies his airplane with a compass and looking out the window. 
If the window he has not, does not have a reference point, does not see the ground, the trees, even the horizon, he cannot fly. Hundreds of miles away, there are men starving, they're freezing, they're running out of bullets. Almost ready to give up. General Patton calls in the chaplain. Enters, get his name correct, Chaplain James Hugh O'Neill. And what ensues is a lengthy conversation of the spiritual commitment of the soldiers. No, their spiritual commitment is not where it should be. No, they do not pray enough. They need to pray more, the general says. There needs to be more consistent spiritual emphasis in their life, the general says. And the general says, we need a prayer for this confounded weather to stop so we can rescue these men, so we can bring them relief. They've not given up. They keep on fighting even though they're down to shooting two bullets a day living in a frozen foxhole. You cannot have a fire going because that'll give, give yourself away. He challenges the chaplain to write a prayer. Write a prayer for the weather? He responded incredulously. I just learned that word recently. Incredulously. <laughs> when I pump my gas at, at the green people, the green gas pumps, uh, they have the word of the day. Oh, 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 yeah. This is the prayer that he prayed. Almighty and most merciful Father, we humbly beseech Thee of Thy great goodness to restrain these immoderate waves and winds that we have to contend with. Grant us fair weather for battle. Graciously hearken to Your soldiers who call upon Thee. Armed with Thy power, we may advance from victory and crush the oppression and wickedness of our enemies and establish thy justice among men and nations. Amen. And that is the prayer, and that is the story behind this card. And we're going to see what the outcome is a little later on. We're going to press the pause button. The text we read this morning remind us that the Father is active. He is active in protecting, in challenging us, in guarding us, and in surrounding us. He has great expectations for us, and He has great intentions for us. He wants to partner with us, and we partner with Him. Likewise, we have a mission in our life. Our mission is great. Men this morning, fathers, young adults, We're often surrounded, we feel ourselves. We feel pressure on all sides, and often we feel that we're only down to a limited amount of bullets, of, of energy, of, of ability and skill that we can shoot at the enemy in whatever way that our environment merits. But I want you to know this morning, there's a happy ending to that prayer, though I'll let you know. We'll read it at afterward. The general brings God into the picture. He brings the point where he has done all he can do. Every resources, I have been at that point in my life. Every resource I have, I need to remind myself to back away and bring God into the picture. I need to bring my faith 
into the activity of th this event in my life. I need to apply my faith because it has more application to me than I know. Our mission is great, and there's a battle being waged. Two things to remember. His mercy is great. In verse 11 of 103, who forgives all our iniquities, who heals all thy diseases, who redeems our life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. As a father, he knows our weaknesses. He knows our limitations. There's key words here. It's mercy. It's towards. I am delighted to tell you this morning that he channels his mercy towards us. He channels his power and his forgiveness in our direction. I need it this morning. It is a backdrop in my life. We mentioned, we see the, the fear of God. We don't have time this morning to, to step into that. It is mentioned at least 300 times in Scripture. But is this overwhelming reference point and guide point in our lives. It guides our decisions or it should. It, it guides the meaning and the purpose of our lives or it should. It guides the joy that we express in our lives or it should. Our task, our job is great. But God's mercy is greater. Our task is large and we're surrounded at times with family obligations. I was sharing with a man on Friday. He asked me, you don't work on Saturday, do you? No. I have a whole lot of things to juggle. It's not just finances. It's a multitude of things that we are challenged to juggle. Our mission needs mercy. We're active in carrying out this mercy, and we're not standing still. In verse 13, as I jump down, as a father pities his children, so the Lord pities those who fear him. And we won't go on reading it, but you can read it on your own. There's the, the context of the pity. You have the pity that is, that poor sucker. Oh, that poor slob. Or is the pity, I'm active, I'm involved, I want to help. God looks down and He acts. God looks down and He sees and He wants to be involved, waiting for us to respond. He steps in to our weaknesses. I didn't formally thank Pastor Rachel for allowing me to speak this morning. So it was a joy. She uh, mentioned this to me some weeks back. Um, it's a joy to be here this morning. Thank you for having me. Back to the message. Verse 15, verse 17. Uh, I used to, up north, I would see people yawn. Oh my goodness. That's terrifying, seeing someone yawn. I find myself yawning quite a bit sometimes. I, I need to move around more. He brings results into a life that grow beyond us. Our lives can be known for great things. God, in Psalm 57 and verse 3, He sends out His mercy in our life. Psalm 89, He, he builds a house of mercy 
around us. In Numbers chapter 14, I won't give you all the text, it's going quickly. He is abundant in mercy. And He is rich in mercy. The writer sees the passage of time. And the writer looks back in this thoughtfulness. Bless the Lord, O my soul, everything that I can comprehend and that is within me. He has laid down a foundation that has cracked several times. He has made horrible mistakes and he's flawed in many ways. But at its core value, he's building this foundation of faith. And he looks back on his life and he finds it's gone. My life has become richer because of my faith. He observes the natural process of decay and growth. Life and death. Here today, gone tomorrow. Rising up and dying away. And he looks beyond the realm of that and sees God's mercy that is transcendent throughout all of those issues of his life. And he observes that and he finds a principle that he wants to share. And he observes that principle that transcends the natural order. God's mercy is great. If I can give a message with us, this, leave us with this morning, that's the message. That's the thought. So I challenge us. What foundations have you laid with your lifestyle? With things you've bought, with places you've gone, with things you've done, with people you've talked to, with relationships. Is this foundation cracking? Or is it becoming more stable? Is this foundation you've realized over the, over the years, it's, it's weaker? I, I, I don't know what's happening in my life. Or is it stable and becoming more secure? I had to build a deck last summer on an older home. Had to rent a large hammer drill. Did you know concrete gets stronger with time? Concrete will quickly harden up in a matter of hours. Then a couple days or so, you can physically walk on the concrete. Ten years, twenty years later, that concrete is harder than it is than it was ten years before. A hammer drill going into the concrete is a pain in the... Well, it's a pain. It's a pain. Concrete gets harder with time. It gets more stable and more solid. I want the foundations of my life to become more solid with time. With passage of time, I want them to become richer and more meaningful and to be, look fulfilled. I want to look back in the past and see my children growing and have wonderful foundations of relationships with them. But I often need to make hard actions today. James does the reenacting with me. We go off in different places throughout the Midwest. Um, he portrays Private James, shoots people with blanks. That's a lot of fun. I just like to keep, keep it focused on uh, more eternal lofty things. Yeah, that's another one of those good words. I need that principle in my life. Proverbs 8 and 13, the fear of the Lord is to hate evil. What foundations have you laid in your relationships as, 
as life is decaying and affecting? Is that foundation shifting? Is it not as stable? There's the help to give you if it is not as stable. Number two, first of all, His mercy. Number two, He brings you into a family. You're not alone this morning. Family empowers one another. It's sad when people get hurt, they get offended, they get upset, and they leave the body of Christ. No, we ought to be running towards the body of Christ. Family empowers us. Family helps one another. Family nurtures and cares for one another. Family sacrifices itself for one another. In my younger days, um, I'm more of a connoisseur of the arts, um, drawing and painting since I've been knee-high, just love, love the arts. And when I was married, uh, I was still pursuing um, the, uh, the art. <laughs> Did she say something funny? <laughs> Don't do that, man. That's going to wreck my message. It'll knock me off guard. I had to learn in life to surrender myself for a greater purpose. I got more, she got more laughs than I did. <laughs> I had to learn in life to surrender myself for a higher calling. And in the immediate sense, it was uncomfortable. It was not as fun. In the long sense, in the long range, it was far more satisfying. In the long range, it was far more worthwhile and edifying and uplifting than in the short range. The foundations you make need to be for long-range purposes so that concrete will become stable after 20 years from now. So your children will rise. God blessed. Hallelujah. I want to express that as God is working through me. I want to express His priorities in my life. I want to express the philosophy that John the Baptist yelled out, he must increase, and I must decrease. What a powerful thought. Does that guide my actions that I take? Or am I increasing? Especially men. All that you do, push it through the filter, the kingdom of God. Push it and let it be wheezed. I forget the word. Not wheezed. Man, alive. I was gonna I was gonna call it Mission Impossible and then make a joke about hearing some music in the background. But I didn't call it that. Push it through a filter for a long range purpose. It's not just about the money, it's about the whole time and relationships. They begin to rain down. The skies, against all weather forecasts, cleared. The men were able to board the planes and begin dropping supplies in absolute miraculous change of weather conditions because the general didn't want to have a dozen printed. He wanted to have 250,000 of these cards printed. And they were printed and distributed to the soldiers to pray this prayer. So the 101st Airborne... So the 502nd 
parachute infantry, I hope I have it correct, Brother Craig, can be re rearmed, not rescued. I always want to clarify that, but rearmed and go in the battle that they might fight off that wickedness. I found myself surrounded at times in my life. I have found myself with only limited amount of resources left. And yes, I'm called to step in more and give away more. Because as I give away more, I realize that something else is within me, outside of me, that more is capable of me. The race resources begin raining down upon the men. Here's a story of the all-time amount of resources you are to give. I don't know if you'll ever have to give that much. Probably not. But it paints this picture. The year is 1942 and it is the USS Dorchester. The Dorchester is streaming in the North Atlantic eastward to Europe, filled with over a thousand soldiers to begin ready for war. On that boat there is four chaplains. One Catholic, one Jewish, two Protestant. The most horrible thing in the icy waters of the North Atlantic happens. A boat that is filled with soldiers bound for Europe, sees the most frightening sight, a German torpedo whirling against them. The torpedo hits the wrong spot. The torpedo causes the ship to begin to sink. The hundreds of men are lost on that frozen day. The chaplains quickly grab their life jackets. But in all the panic and the ship is sinking, they surrender their life jackets. They go down with the ship. And one of the soldiers whites, and I quote, I turned around and I saw them singing and praying with the men, and then they slipped beneath the waves. Our country honored them posthumously with the Medal of Honor for their sacrifice. But in our sacrifice, a seed grows. If a seed is not willing to fall to the ground and die, it cannot bear forth more fruit. I want to challenge us this morning to be willing to die to ourself, whatever area of your life, that you may grow larger, that your influence with your family and your children and your friends will grow more influential. The skies cleared on that day. They had plenty of energy to fight now. And I'm glad to say, I forgot to read Psalm 103. It's having too much fun. The Lord executes righteousness, verse 6, and justice for all who are oppressed. He may know His ways to Moses, he acts to the children of Israel. Verse 8, the Lord is merciful and gracious and slow to anger and abounding in mercy. Hallelujah. As 
as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward us, those who fear him. As a father pities his children, he pities those. For he knows our frame that we are but dust. That dust reminds us that the investment we made must bind together like that concrete. What investments have you made? Well, your life. You can see the mistakes. You can see the flaws. You can see your actions. This morning, through this simple message, you're willing to say, I'm going to ask the musicians to come back. You're willing to say, I'm willing to make a turn. I'm willing to make an about face. Maybe not even an about face. I'm willing to turn in the general direction. This morning, I'm going to have two altar calls. First of all, I'm going to call for the men. I'm calling for boys, young adults, fathers, husbands. I think I've covered the whole gamut. If I say you're of the, the male species, I'm going to ask you. Because you are the ones that often have a greater influence in society. You have an influence, if it's not in the family, it's an influence at work. If it's not at work, it's an influence with your, your friends. You have an influence that has the capability of growing larger than just yourself. And then secondly, it's going to be an altar call for general nature. Because you, as you know, these principles are applicable to all persons. Mercy in your life, you need it active. And you want to see it. You're willing this morning to respond to that mercy. God wants to rain down this morning. Last Sunday, He rained down. God wants to rain down again. It's going to be different, and it's, going to, it's, it's been a different communicator. He looks a lot different than the other guy. He behaves a lot different than the other guy, and He uses paper. Then they like different than the other guy. But the same Spirit of God is here in this congregation this morning. We're going to pray right now. Heavenly Father, I challenge for the men to come now. There is no waiting. Now come to the altar. I want to pray with you specifically, and I want to give you an opportunity to pray with the prayer team. We're going to wait upon the men to come, and then, in just in a, then after some moments, we're going to invite the women to come up also. Uh, wives, if you want to pray with your husbands. Girlfriends, you want to pr pray with your, your boyfriend. Daughters, you'll want to pray with your father. I'm going, to, I'm going to pray over each one of these individually. It's going to be quick. It's going to be to the point. God doesn't need to drag it out. Hallelujah. Holy Spirit. Can we have the prayer team come um, with me, wherever they are? Is it a specific request? Or can we just pray? Or... Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, for my brother's ability. Thank you for the gift.
Yeah, come on up.
our hearts will cry these bones will see no great are you
light is on. Hi. Oh, God is good, isn't he? Isn't he? I, if you haven't felt the presence of the Lord in the last couple of weeks, uh, I, I want to know where you've been. <laughs> so um, we're just going to, I wanted to just follow up on what happened last week. And I've got two reports to share with you. Not none of my doing, but uh, just to show you that God is moving here in this place. He's in our presence. Both these people were praying that God moved. So one person was going to the bathroom, walking on the way, was praying to God and said, God, what can you do today? What can I do for you today? And they look around. Here's an old lady pulling a cart. She's been picking cans out of the trash can up a hill. Ah, obvious, right? <laughs> so she responded, went to the lady, and um, prayed for her, actually prayed for her. And, uh, uh, it, was, it was wonderful. I'm just telling you, these, these two incidents, because there's people in here, the people are in here, and they're responding to God. And uh, I feel that God wants us all to respond to him in some way that we've heard it today. I want to say that the God is alive and well and well in the middle of Terry. <laughs> yes, we were just at Jill's um, retirement ceremony this week, and God was there, mentioned numerous times, and prayed over them and the, or the rest of the soldiers. But that's a side note. The second incident, a person was shopping. These two stories were told to me. A person was shopping and uh, had an uh, impression that they should pray for this lady. And he was, he was afraid, which the other person was too, natural, naturally. And, uh, and he said, I hope I'm telling it right, but he said, God, if this, if this I, I don't know if I really should do this, but if it's you, you know, I'll do it for you. So he walked away. And uh, he went down uh, another aisle in the store, turned around, guess who was he was facing? <laughs> the lady that needed prayer. So obvious, God, right? It doesn't happen. And so he prayed for the lady. We don't know how the outcome is. It's gonna come from these two incidents. We may never know, but the important thing is God is moving and people are hearing his voice and acting upon it. So praise God, this is, this is a wonderful movement. This is a wonderful time to be in this church or to be following God if you're actually listening and doing something. So thanks for your time. I just had to share that. So, um, we had, uh, there's some things we want to share. I felt before Gary came up strongly like the Lord isn't finished and I feel like there's an expectation that's why everybody's still here um, honestly so I feel like these are the moments where you can just be like oh that was awkward and then we all leave or I don't know or you can just press into what I feel like he wants to do um, Renal's got a testimony we're gonna share and then I had a word 
I feel like there could be some lingering words where you're talking about the gifts of the Spirit this last weekend. So I feel like if you've had something on your mind or your heart, maybe a word of knowledge or a prophetic word, I feel like we need to step in and do that. Like, I feel like the Lord, the Lord's waiting on us, actually, I feel, to move in what he might be putting on our hearts. So um, Renal's going to share a testimony. I, um, my brother-in-law is diagnosed with uh, COPD, and he's had three heart attacks. Um, he's my age. Um, bless his heart. <laughs> anyway, he, uh, COPD got the best of him. He was put on life support and taken to the hospital. Um, I was up visiting him, and it was strange. To me, it was strange, okay? <laughs> but Amber texted me as I was getting ready to leave. I was down the parking lot, and... Well, let me back out. Just before I left, I said to Mike, because he was out, he was he could hear, but he couldn't respond. And I said to him, Mike, you need to get your life right with the Lord. I says, this could go either way. You don't know where, what's happening. We don't know what's happening. I said, so I just would like to say, know that you're going to be in heaven and I'm going to get to see you again, you know. And I just kind of left it at that. And I left. I get down to the parking lot. And Amber texts me and says, we're now, because I'd put it on the, living above the snake line to please pray for him she's Renell could I come up and pray with him with the family care and I'm thinking you know I thought wow I said no absolutely come I'm still here I'll wait for you so I waited for her she came up we prayed with Mike little did we know when we walked in the room and said to the little nurse um we'd like to go in and pray with him and she said oh no problem go right ahead so we went in prayed over Mike and then we left and the next day, the very next day, this is less than 24 hours, they were taking the life support off of him. And I thought, wow, go God, you know. So uh, they, they left it on until they were sure he could breathe on his own. When they were sure of that, they took it out. Um, he remembered nothing of that day before except he remembered that her and I were there praying for him. Plus, the little nurse comes in and says to my sister, I've never seen anybody come off life support and be able to do what he's doing. He was sitting up that afternoon eating pizza. They had him in a chair. That is so awesome, you know? It's so God. Um, and she came in and said, I've never seen this happen. And Shelly said, well, my sister and her friend come in and prayed for him. And she goes, and you believe that? And she said, absolutely. And she looked at Mike and says, do you believe that? And he says, I do. So we have somehow, the Lord is doing something in that little girl's life. I've never, I have not seen her since, but I just am praying that the Lord will put a witness in her path. Something's going on there, you know, for her to witness that. Um, Mike right now has had kind of a setback. I'm not going to say a relapse. He's had a setback. He's back in the hospital. They don't, do not have him on life support, but he's having trouble breathing, so please keep him in your prayers. I don't think the Lord's done there. S something's going on. Yeah, so um, he's going to have to go into rehabilitation um, for I don't know how long so they can work with him, but um, I believe the Lord isn't finished with him yet, and I am just praying that that COPD will be gone just like she did. So that's my testimony. <laughs> I wanted to share too quickly, Danielle was away and she was um, out, of, out of state and texted me, um, would you go pray with her? Because she wasn't here and she leads pastoral care prayer now. And I honestly, I didn't feel like it. I was tired. I wanted to go. And I, and I said, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, like, we're the body of Christ. We need to do this. And you should have seen Ronell. I mean, 
she was, she was undone. The Lord was doing more in Ronell, I think, too. Like, just understanding, like, she's part of a family who cares and who's going to show up. Um, and then also, I just felt like the Lord showed me, like, it doesn't matter how tired you are. It doesn't matter how. His power is infinitely greater than your tiredness or your whatever. You can be run down and lay your hands on someone and pray in the name of Jesus and they are healed. And the reason um, we were de debating on whether or not to share is because he has had a minor relapse, but I feel like it's been really weird. Every time we've had a major breakthrough, and Danielle can attest to this, we're, we'll be about to share a testimony and there's like some sort of minor like relapse thing. And I just feel like that, that what came up in my heart was just like, the gates of hell are not going to prevail. Like we have to, w when we see the Lord is moved and he's doing something, well, I guess that wasn't the Lord. No, he came off life support and he was healed. And by the stripes of Jesus, our word says he's healed. So we stand on that and we push through those things. Um, and so today um, I had just like a feeling of um, uh, like somebody gets overheated a lot or just like you feel uncomfortably hot all the time. Like all the time. It, I mean, it could be menopause, but the Lord heals that too. But it could also be just something like, I just feel overheated and uncomfortable all the time. So I had a word for that. Um, if you would come up, if that applies to you, um, I'd like to pray for you. And I just, does anyone else have a word of knowledge? It could be for healing, a prophetic word for dads, anything specific. Does any, I mean, it can be, you can think it's silly. I just feel like the Lord wants us to press in. Does anyone have a word? Yeah, I just keep seeing in my head, like, um, when we, those of us who went to Africa. Yes. What? Yeah. Okay. Like, um, there was, like, remember when there was, like, that valley and all the animals were walking by? Like, I just keep seeing, like, like there's a storm in the background, and I see this lion, and it's got this great big mane, and it's, it's roaring, and it's, it's looking out over the valley, and it's roaring over the valley, and there's... There's broken things over there, but as it's roaring, I see the lionesses running out, and they're grabbing things, and they're like, they got them in their teeth, and they're just shaking them. And like, I don't know, like, just, like, I just feel this overwhelming, like, like, just, and it's funny, because my mother-in-law didn't know this. I had gotten up this morning, and um, I was praying this morning, and I, I heard this lion, and I just heard this roaring, and I can see, I can see it running out, and it's just... It's, it's kind of a little disturbing, but it's like, it's like not even, there's no mercy. It is grabbing these things and it is just shaking it off. And I just have felt lately like, you know, God is just like, go, just go, like stop, just go, like go and go and go and go. Don't, don't worry about the fact that you can't see that he's going out and he's getting, but he's doing it. He's moving and he's asking us to just run out with him. And so, yeah. I don't know. That's just what I see. I see him just grabbing. So, yeah. So that's. Yeah. Amen. Oh, sorry. Yeah. And so my mother-in-law. I'm sorry. I'm a little ADD. So my mother-in-law um, came to me this morning and she said I was going to text you this morning. And um, every time that I have been completely exhausted and I've been leaving for work and like, I, I mean, I'm just like I, I got nothing. I'm I, like, literally, I got nothing, nothing going on upstairs, like no energy, no nothing. She has texted me in the morning and she's been like, the Lord woke me up and told me to pray for you. And I'm like, ah, and I'm trying to work and I'm crying. And when I've gotten to work, there's been some kid who 
doesn't have a mother and has been like, you know what? Well, I don't believe there's a God because my mother abandoned me, which if anybody knows, this is very unusual. Usually, I mean, nothing against men, it's Father's Day, but usually it's the fathers who walk away, right? But in this weird place, it's been the mothers. And she has just been in the morning, just God has told her. And I thought, you know, I, we had said this before, just encouraging each other. Like, like I needed that. And so I'd go in and God would be like, that one. And so, you know, here I am, some kid, I don't know, I don't know their story or anything. And I'm just holding them because they need a mother. And so today she had said, she was like, you know, he's going to text you this morning, but I didn't. So I'm just going to tell you. And she said, you know, God's calling you out like a lion. I'm like, oh my gosh, it's the lion. So like, so anyhow, isn't that cool? Does anyone else have a word? Could be a word of knowledge. Could be something in your body you're feeling that you don't normally, it doesn't normally hurt. I mean, there are different ways God speaks to us and you can just be like, I'm gonna step out and pray for that. Anyone? No? Okay, well, if you have a particular person on your heart today, like I feel like they need encouraged or as a dad or as a father, like I need to encourage that. Would you do, would you not let them leave before you do that and just encourage them in the Lord, like who they are as a husband, as a father, um, how God sees them? I feel like our men sometimes get bypassed a little bit that way. Women are always super encouraging, and I, you know I feel like like men need that. They they do need to know that they have a daddy God who loves them and sees them, and wants to move and work on their behalf. So. Um, I'm just going to pray. Can I pray that corporately? And then if you, ha if you felt like that word, like you're just getting overheated and hot or whatever, will you find me? I'd just like to, to pray for you for that. So I'm just going to pray over our dads really quick. God, I just thank you um, for the men in our house. Father, we thank you for them. God, we thank you that they are more than they think they are. They are more valuable than they realize they are. We thank you, Lord that I know sometimes the weight of the world can be on their shoulders as providers and leaders. And I thank you, Lord. I just ask for a knowing in their hearts, God, that you are their daddy, God, and they can depend on you. That sometimes this weight of being that provider, that all in all, God falls on them. And I just, I, I pray, God, for that knowing that they can come to you when they're weary, when they're heavy burdened. God, I thank you. Just instill that knowing that you're their daddy, God, and you want to father them too, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We bless them, God. We bless them as they go out this week and they go to work. We, we say that the work of their hands, you bless it, God, in Jesus' name. We thank you for increase over them. We thank you for innovation and new ideas um, as they work. We thank you that the kingdom is just opened up to them as well, Lord. Everywhere they go, they can see opportunity and hear your still small voice, Holy Spirit. We thank you, Lord, um, just as you father them, God. We thank you. We just declare that they are good daddies. You are good daddies. And we thank you for that, Lord. We thank you they are good husbands. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I just speak encouragement and just a spirit of heaviness to break off in Jesus' name right now. We thank you for, for life-giving water that is in them, Holy Spirit, that flows out of their bellies, Lord, everywhere they go, in Jesus' name. And I just declare they can hear your voice. They can hear your leading. God, you give them direction. Your goodness and your mercy, it follows them all the days of their life, God. We thank you for our daddies, our husbands, our fathers, our young men who are growing up in you. We thank you for your blessing over their lives, God, in Jesus' name.
Amen. There's a story in your Bible that talks about two twins, a twins, Esau and Jacob. And Esau was born first, which entitles him to the birthright and the blessings and the double of what the family inheritance is. Jacob, his twin brother, is born holding his heel, trying to prevent him from being born first. <laughs> but Esau gets born first. But mom and Jacob deceive their father to have the blessing pronounced upon the second-born, Jacob. And there's this hostility so bad that Jacob has to flee as an older, as a younger man and work for his uncle for 25 years. And as he works for his uncle, God keeps trying to deal with Jacob. His name means Esau, or Esau, was the firstborn, but Jacob means deceiver, surplanter, one who lies, one who deceives. So Jacob struggles with this most of his life until he meets God, not just once at Bethel, but later he meets God and has a wrestling match all night with no other than Jesus. He wrestles with him until the morning breaks and says, I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. And he is asked an embarrassing question by Jesus, who actually was the angel or Jesus who was wrestling with him in this midnight wrestling match. And he says, what's your name? He's been called Jacob all his life. Deceiver. Liar. Surplanter. And he says, no longer are you going to be called Jacob. You're going to be called Israel, one who has favor with God, a prince with God. If you're a man or a woman here today, and like Jacob, maybe you think that your life has really been wrecked and ruined by decisions and choices that you've made, God can change your path today. He can change your life today. He can change your name today, even as Jacob's name was changed to Israel, one who has favor with God and with man. And I just want to encourage you, if you've stumbled in life, if there's been mistakes, if there's been failures, I want you to know that God is not only the God of the second chance, he's God of many chances, and he loves you today. So men, walk out with your heads high. Ladies, walk out your heads high. You're a child of God. You've been created in his image. God bless you. Thank you. It's been great to be here today. By the way, this is my daughter. <laughs> Watch all stands. I know it's gone a little long. I know you probably have dinner plans, dads. I know there's stir fry going on at Hannah's house. Let's just take a minute to get into agreement and ask God to bless what he's done and spoken. Would you pray with me? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. <laughs> Amen. Encourage